everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I want you to use your imaginations with me just for a second. I want you to use your imagination, and I want you to think with me, and just think for a second what it would be like not to be a Christian. I'm talking about what if you were not following Jesus Christ? In fact, to make it more specific, what if every single one of you hearing my voice is a non-Christian? What if, what if you did not know the Lord? I, I'm, I'm going to just talk to you today like you were not a believer. Now, I'm sure in a crowd this size, most of us, I would say, are Christ followers. But I'll bet cash money that a percentage here, I would say maybe a slice of the demographic pie, demographic, Democrat this morning, demographic pie, thinking about Tuesday, right? Demographic, I can't say it, demographic, demographic pie. A slice of that though um, would be definitely people who are far away from God. Then you have another slice in this pie you would go, yeah, I, I think I'm a Christian. And then most of us would say, yeah, we are believers. But again, I want you to act like, just for a second, you're not a Christian. I wanna train you, just straight up, just you and me, on how to share your faith. But while I'm training you how to share your faith, I'm gonna share the gospel with you. So there's no way you can leave this place, no matter who you are, and say, you know what? I've never been trained in how to share my faith because Christianity, if you, if you look at it historically, has spread one on one on one. The mass revival, the big services are great, giving people an opportunity to become followers of Christ. Churches are evangelistic. But if you look at the New Testament, most of the conversions, I would say a lion's share of conversions were a one-on-one type scenario. Jesus had some 40 different one-on-one conversations. One day he was walking through the streets of Jericho. All the people were pressing in on him. He looked and he saw Zacchaeus, the guy with the poor vertical jump, a little kid, you know, little guy, and he climbed up a tree and Jesus looked and goes, I'm coming to your house. And he had a one-on-one conversation with, with Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus' life was changed. The geological plates in his life were, were totally transformed. I, I think about Philip, you know, here's Philip, He's doing the deal and and sharing the Lord with everyone, but the Holy Spirit says, there's a guy in a chariot named the Ethiopian eunuch who needs to hear about the gospel. And Philip, of course, shared with him about the gospel in his Maserati chariot. He stopped once he made a faith decision. Then he was baptized. I think about Simon Peter. Simon Peter thought Christianity was just a Jewish thing. You're talking about racism. And he was praying one day and God revealed to him, go to the house of Cornelius, a Gentile, one-on-one and share with him Jesus. And sure enough, he did. And Cornelius' entire household stepped over the line and met Christ. So 
I'm gonna share the gospel with you. And while I'm sharing the gospel with you, all of you heathens, right, pagans, I want you to share it back to me. When someone becomes a follower of Christ, they are a part of the divine rescue. So we're gonna go through just a couple of verses in the book of Romans, and I call this the Romans rescue strategy. If I'm talking to you, if we're having coffee somewhere or playing golf or whatever, if you're around the neighborhood, usually if you've known someone for a while, you can ask them personal questions. For example, how are you? That's a personal question. Did you have any kids? Are you married? Et cetera, et cetera. It's very, very personal. So the personal question you'll see is very easy. How are you doing? Would you say that with me? How are you doing? Okay. You're on a plane somewhere? How are you doing? The second one. Here we go. Do you mind talking about spiritual things? Let's say it. Do you mind talking about spiritual things? Okay. A lot of us are scared to share our faith. They were like, how do I get into it? Well, I've, I've just shown you. Let me say it again. Do you mind talking about spiritual things? Let's say it again. Do you mind talking about spiritual things? That's all you have to do. And usually people say, no, I don't mind talking about spiritual things. It'd be great to talk about spiritual things. Now and then people will say no, but most people say yes. And when they say yes, they've given you permission, like you've given me permission to share Jesus with you. Here's another line. Can I share with you like the greatest news in the universe? Who wouldn't want to hear that? Because what we're talking about, this, this rescue, that is the greatest thing in the universe. And when someone is sharing the gospel, that's the most important thing going on in the universe. No game, no fair, no trip, no hunt, no fishing trip, no golfing outing, no business deal comes close. That's how important it is yet. 96% of Christians have never shared their faith one-on-one. -on -one. But we're changing that because we're training thousands today. Here's another one. And you can make these questions your own. Are you 100% sure you know Christ or are you still in the process of becoming a Christian? Great question. These questions lead often into a gospel presentation. The Holy Spirit of God will open up doors. So, you know, I, I would tell you that. Do you mind if we talk about spiritual things? You're like, no, Ed. Okay, let's talk about spiritual things. I want to tell you the, the greatest news I could even articulate to you. But before I do that, we got to talk about the bad news. The bad news. Now, we have to understand the gospel is offensive. There's, there, there's some bad news in the gospel. And normally when I say, all right, I want to tell you the greatest news out there, but I've, you know, I've got to tell you the bad news. People go, you mean there's bad news? Yeah, there's bad news. The bad news, we're drowning. Say it with me. We're drowning. Once again, we're drowning. So that's some bad news. The Bible says this. Let's read this scripture together. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned 
and fallen short of the glory of God. What's your name? Grant. Grant. Okay, let's say I'm talking to Grant. I would say, Grant, I want you to read this with me, man. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Grant, does that include you? Yeah, that definitely includes me. At this point, I've never heard someone say, you know, Ed, I'm perfect. Go ahead and measure me for my angel's wings right now. No, no. So we read that. I'm a sinner. I mean, you're admitting the obvious. You're a sinner. And you heard Grant say it. So that would include you. Grant would go, yeah, it would. That's some bad news because when I sin, my sins separate me from God. To use this ocean vibe, there is an ocean-like chasm between myself and God caused by sin that I can't bridge. I can't Michael Phelps it. I can't, I can't uh, 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 come up with some sort of a creative rowboat to get there. I can't make some, some raft like so many brilliant Cubans have made as they've sailed from Cuba to America. Why can I say they're brilliant? Because I've seen about 15 of them. They're, they're amazing. But we can't do that. We're in a bad situation, so the bad news is we're a sinner. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We've all sinned and we're separated from God. Say that with me again. We've all sinned and we're separated from God. But number two, the worst news. You mean it gets worse? Yes, it does. The worst news, the worst news, the worst news. We can't rescue ourselves. Say it with me. The worst news. There you go. See, you're sharing the gospel right now. And some of you are sharing the gospel and you're not even Christians. How cool is that? You're sharing the gospel to yourself. No, the Holy Spirit's doing it because we're all here for a reason, all right? There's no such thing as luck. I hope you know that. People say, oh man, you're lucky. No, 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 no. Because if luck were in play, if there was one stray atom, God wouldn't be sovereign. I don't get too deep. All right. The worst news is we can't rescue ourselves. I am lost at sea. I can't rescue myself. But look what Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Now, I wish the Bible was direct. I would go, Grant, what are wages? He would go, the payment that you deserve. I work, 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 or work, 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 or work, work, work. I receive wages. The compensation for our conduct is condemnation. If we got what we deserved, it would be eternal separation. We're lost at sea. We're sinking to the bottom. We deserve to go to a place in eternity separate from God, and the Bible calls that place hell. That's horrendous news. Bad news, I'm a sinner. The worst news is I have this gap between myself and God, this ocean-like gap that I cannot, that I can't bridge. I, I can't bridge the distance. Okay, at this point, when I'm sharing with you, and you can do this too, you don't have to be an art major to do this. 
And I'm gonna show you next week too some other drawings you could use. Most people are visual learners, about 84% of us are. It's not the content, it's the, the, the volume, your hand gestures, your eye contact, and, and visually and creatively how we connect with others. So at this point, I will draw, I could draw this. Here's a boat, and that represents God. Here, you and me, drowning. Drowning. So I could say man, and we're drowning. So the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the Bible says, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The bad news is we're sinners. The worst news is we're sinking to the bottom without Jesus. And even worse is we can't make up the distance, but here's what we do. Here's what we do. If I'm religious enough, that will do it. Well, no, you're just gonna be a religious sinner. And you're gonna fall short. Well, I'm gonna get baptized. Well, you'll just be a drenched sinner. I am gonna give, I, I'm gonna give money to Fellowship Church. Good, you'll be a generous sinner. They all fall short. I don't care if you're Michael Phelpsing it. You're gonna fall short. Short is short. Phelps cannot bridge the gap. So I would say, man, Grant, we're in, we're in a heap of trouble. I mean, we're, we're kind of we're messed up. And I would say, Grant, don't bet the eternal farm on word on the street. When it comes to the things of eternity, you might want to take a glance at what this book says about it. So the bad news, I'm a sinner. The worst news, my sins have separated me from God and I can't do a dadgum thing. You can tell I'm from the South. A dadgum thing to, to bridge the gap caused by sin between myself and God. There is nothing we can do. At this point, you can talk about religion and Christianity. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, in fact. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Friday, 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 Friday. A friend of mine that I've been sharing the Lord with for maybe 10 years. He comes from a Muslim background. He's probably agnostic to atheist, kind of, kind of, kind of that kind of vibe. He says he has intellectual problems, but he doesn't. Most people don't have intellectual problems when it comes to the gospel. Did you know that? Usually guys say that, well, I just have an intellectual problem. How could a good God allow bad things to happen? Well, basically they have a behavioral problem. They have in many, in many guys' lives a sexual 
issue they don't want to give up and they want their money to be their money and basically I want to run my life and they shake their puny little fist in the face of God. But when you hear these like little intellectual things, those are smoke and mirrors. That's not the real issue. Unless you meet someone who is truly flat out brilliant and there aren't that many people out there. (laughs) However, if someone does ask you questions about it, And here's the great thing about sharing. You know what, I don't know. I say that all the time to people. Grant might ask me a question, I go, you know Grant, that's a great question. I don't know the answer, but I can talk to some people who are a lot smarter than me, who've written books, and some of these books are, you know, hundreds of years old, and and they will answer that question just absolutely beautifully. It's important though to go, you know, religion is the man-made system, because my friend, on Friday goes, Ed, why am I here? He was running around, I went to see him at his office. He was going back and forth, bouncing off the wall. Why am I here, why why are we here? I go, to know the Lord. Oh, I don't wanna hear that, he said. I said, yeah, and I said, and I know him well enough to say this. I go, you know, I love you, I said, but if you were to die right now, you would go to hell. You would go to hell. So if you want to roll those dice, go for it. He goes, yeah, this religion, you don't know where I grew up. I go, you know what? We've talked about it. And religion is not what Christianity is about. Religion is a do thing. And at that point, you can write this. You can write this down. If someone wants to kind of take you off the subject, you can say do. That is religion. It's a man-made system of do's and don'ts in order to appease God. But I would say, would God be that cruel? I mean, would God be cruel enough to set up some system where we don't really know if we're gonna get in or not? No, no, no. So, so religion is spelled do. Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. The works are done. And that is a relationship. And that's what I told my friend. And you know, I prayed for him and I said, Lord, I pray that this man at least prays, God, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. But so many people are out there, aren't they? Believing that if I just do enough, Because word on the street says, if I'm a good guy or a good girl, I mean, at the end of the day, God's gonna let me into heaven. It's it's sort of like a scorecard. And this is something else you could draw. You don't have to draw all these things, I'm just giving you options. Okay, Grant? All right, scorecard. Let's say the X's are the bad things that I do, all right? And most of us kind of keep a mental tabulation of this. Check this out. And, and this scorecard, the circles will be the good things I do. So maybe you got wasted last night at some club and that's an X. But when the offering is passed, you dropped a hundred dollar bill in there. So that kind of cancels out, you see. Surely God is that way. Well, no, no, he's not because the bad news is I'm a sinner. The worst news is there's nothing I can do to bridge the gap. But the good news is God did something. 
God sent Jesus Christ, the ring, to bridge the gap between man and God. God sent Jesus Christ to do what we couldn't do. God arranged, Grant, the sins of the world, the punishment that you deserve to fall on the shoulders of Jesus. Well, now let's go to the third one because we're sharing our faith, right? The good news, say that with me, the good news. God has rescued us. God has rescued us. We have a choice in the matter. God has done the rescue work. He's done it. We either receive it or not. We either receive it or not. Romans 6, 23. But the free gift of God, say that with me. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I would say, Grant, what's a gift? Can you work for a gift, Grant? Nope. You just receive the gift. You just receive it. That is what Christianity is about. And I told my friend, I go, hey, I've given you a gift before, and you've given me a gift before. That's what Christianity is. You either receive it or you don't, but that gift, see, demands a response. The good news, God has rescued us. You don't have to work for a gift, it's by grace, right? So Jesus did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. You see that? Well, here is the best news. You thought I'd never get there. The best news. Grant, check this out, the best news. You can receive Jesus now. Say that with me. You can receive Jesus now. Right now. Grant, right now, you can receive Christ. Well, I don't have enough faith. Yes, you do. You're sitting in that chair. You have enough faith. Jesus said if you have the faith of a mustard seed, I need to know more. The terms of this deal will be the same a thousand years from now. It's great to know some more stuff, but the bottom line is, bad news, you're a sinner. Worst news, there's nothing you can do to clean up your life on your own. Good news, God sent Jesus Christ, the life ring of reconciliation, to die and to rise again. And the fourth, the fourth thing, oh, I love this one, you can receive Jesus now. Say that with me. You can receive Jesus now. Romans 10, 9, if you confess, the word confess means agree with God, with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is the Lord and believe with all of your being that God has raised him from the dead, you will be rescued. You will be saved. How great is that? So we just receive it. So let's review. Number one, the bad news. Say it with me. The bad news. We are drowning. We are drowning. We all have sinned and we're separated from God. Number two, the worst news. We can't rescue ourselves. On our own, there's nothing we can do to remove our sin. Number three, the good news. 
God has rescued us. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. This is awesome, you guys are doing great. Number four, the best news. You can receive Jesus now. Oh. Thank you for that emphasis. Now. Okay. Eternal life and forgiveness of sin is a free gift. All we have to do is accept it. That's a lot to repeat, but let's say that. Eternal life and forgiveness of sin is a free gift. All we have to do is receive it, accept it. That's it. That's what it means, Grant, to be a Christian. Again, I say, how are you? That's a personal question. Where do you go to school? Personal question. Where do you work? A personal question. What do you like to do recreationally? A personal question. How old are your kids? Personal question. When the Holy Spirit whispers, when you have that opportunity, go for the ask. The weakness in most Christians is like, yeah, we'll invite people or maybe throw in or, or, or say something a little bit about the Lord, but we don't close the deal. Who in your life, who is your one? Who is that one person that you need to share this with? If you don't know the answers, which I don't to every question, join the club, you can find out. Sometimes people go, well, I'm an atheist. I've had that, really, okay. And usually atheists have some time in their life where they believed in God. A friend of mine says this to those people. Well, tell me what caused you not to believe in God? At what point in your life did you make that decision? And most of the time, there's a decision. The majority of atheists have had major daddy issues. There's a whole book called Fate of the Fatherless. That is just psychology 101. Normally, they believe in God. They say they don't. But really, their issue is they're disappointed in God. And you're going to hear this too. How about bad things? I mean, why would a good God allow bad things to happen to good people? An easy response is, well, the worst thing happened to his son, Jesus. We live in a fallen place. We're gonna have issues. We're gonna have things that we don't understand. So at this point, I would say, Grant, here's, here's how you get to the deal. I mean, is there any reason why you shouldn't pray right now and give your life to Christ? I mean, is there any good reason? And you know, sometimes people will say this or that, and I might go, you know, I'll tell you what, if you're not ready, cool. Here's the deal I'm gonna make with you. You come to Fellowship Church for three straight weeks, I promise you, you'll receive Christ because the Holy Spirit will be all over you and you will pray that prayer. But more often than not, you can lead them in that prayer. Now, I don't force anybody to say that. I always say, Grant, it's up to you. I mean, the only pressure is the pressure of, of, of the Lord. I mean, it's, it's that spiritual tension. But if you wanna pray with me, here is a prayer that I prayed years ago when I became a believer. Let's say this together. 
Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. I believe Jesus Christ, your son, died for my sins and is alive right now. I turn away from my sin and I confess Jesus Christ is my Lord. I receive him into my life. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to control my life and I thank you for giving me eternal life. Sometimes at this point, Grant, I'll even make a little contract. I'll say, you can sign right there. We love contracts, right? In the business world, all these transactions take place. When you sign your name, a cosmic transaction is taking place. Your guilt for God's grace. Your sins for the Savior of the world. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.